came across a quote as I prepared this week, and the quote is, love is to our souls what oxygen is to our lungs. So I tried to look it up and see who uh, said this, and I discovered that um, the quote is also, hope is to our souls what oxygen is to our lungs. And I'm not sure where it came from. But the reason I bring it up is that uh, on, as we light our Advent candles, we light candles of hope, of peace, of love, and of joy. All of those things are needed by our souls, like oxygen is needed by our lungs. And all of those things come to us in the person of Jesus Christ. As we look at this passage about love from 1 John chapter 4, we discover some things about love and, um, and God's love for us. And one of the things that we discover through Scripture is that God's love is different from much of the love we talk about and sing about and see movies about. God's love is outwardly flowing. Much of what we call love in our culture is that love that seeks to be filled, that love that seeks the other for what the other can do for us, whereas God's love seeks the other for no reason within the other, but within God himself. God's love is so great within himself, and God's love by its nature flows out. Uh, one person said it's like um, the creation. When creation was born, when God decided to extend uh, his love into humanity, when God created humanity, it's like a, a champagne bottle that has been shaken and the champagne just pours out. That's the kind, that's the way God's love is. God's love is so big, it just pours out onto you unto me. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. This love of God uh, is something that existed before, before creation. Uh, the pictures that the early church had of um, of God uh, in the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Uh, the Western church sort of thought of it as a triangle so that Father, Son, Holy Spirit are all part of it. The Eastern church wanted a circle because there's movement in a circle. And uh, if you see many uh, places where there are um, symbols of the Trinity, they incorporate the triangle and the circle. But you can't really symbol, I don't believe you can really symbolize the Trinity without motion. It, it can't be, the Trinity cannot be captured in a static image because the Trinity is an ongoing, ever-moving, ever-integrating love relationship between Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. In the early church, if you've been around my preaching at all, you've heard me talk about the early church's concept of the Trinity uh, described by the word parakoresis. 
para meaning with and caresis, the word from which we get choreography. So the love of God within the Godhead is an ongoing dance of love. And that love was so great that God expanded it out uh, in creating humanity. And as Eugene Peterson puts it in uh, the message, when Jesus came into humanity, when Jesus was born, he came into the neighborhood. God's love reached into our neighborhood, into humanity, into the world in Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is an expression of God's love, the greatest expression of God's love. Now, as I said, most concepts we have of, of love as we hear about them in songs uh, involves an, an inward thing, a, a, an emptiness that seeks to be filled with love. Um, Wormwood in C.S. Lewis's uh, Screwtape Letters, uh, speaking as a demon, as one against God, says, we, speaking of other demons, are empty and want to be filled. But he, meaning God, is full and flows over. Much of what people look for in a love relationship is to be filled, to be fulfilled, to have a sense of, of being accepted finally, because there's a sense of emptiness within us that needs to be filled. So people look to the other and see in the other something that they think will fill them. And so they reach out in love, but it's an actual reaching out to bring in, to bring fulfillment to themselves. God, when he reaches, he reaches out to gift his love to his, the objects of his love. God's love is outward moving. And that inward kind of love is, has, unfortunately, some close associations with hate. Because if you are looking to someone else or something else to fulfill you and that thing fails to fulfill you, you get angry and that can lead to hatred. And I believe that's a big part of why so many relationships fail is because of the unrealistic expectations people put on the other to bring satisfaction and fulfillment to themselves. But God does bring satisfaction and fulfillment to us because he is so full of love that it overflows to us. And then what he calls us to do, verse 7, dear friends, let us love one another for love comes from God. What he calls us to do then is let that love as it overflows from him so overflow from us that it reaches out to each other and to the world. But in order to do that, we have to be confident in God's love for us. Now, love, as we hear about it a lot in our culture, is a, a very mushy concept. Uh, we get the sense that love means everything is okay. If God loves people, then he lets them get away with everything because, oh, they don't know. But God doesn't let us, God can't let us get away with everything. A judge that if you, if someone 
hurt a member of your family and you went into the court and that person who hurt your, maliciously hurt your family member was sitting there and the judge said, oh, it's okay, no big deal. How would you feel? Justice needs to be served. It is not right or fair for everything to be said to be okay without anything happening in order to make recompense for what has gone on. Jesus Christ, though, took that the sinfulness, our sinfulness, all that separates us from God upon himself to become our become sin for us, taking on all of our sin. As it says in verse 10, Jesus, as an atoning sacrifice for our sin, Jesus is an atoning sacrifice for our sins. So God had to deal with everything that was wrong. He had to make it right, and he did so through Jesus Christ, who makes it right. Now, atoning, if you think about it, is, uh, has very clear origins as a word. At hone, at one. We are made one with God through the work of Jesus Christ. All that separated us from God is gone because Jesus Christ atoned for our sins. Jesus Christ makes us one with God. We are united with God through the work of Jesus Christ. And God's love for you is based in God's character not yours. You may think you're a lovely person, or you may think you're an unlovable person, but neither of those thoughts matters in regard to whether or not God loves you, because God's love is based in God's heart, and God's heart for you is one of love. And it might take a lifetime to fully receive that love, but Scripture assures us that there is nothing that can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus because it is not about us and about how well we do. It's about God and how well God loves. The problem is, many people think that being a Christian is being religious, is earning God's love, is being good enough, is doing enough, or thinking exactly the right thoughts. And what happens then is they either fail at those things and despair of ever earning God's love, which is probably a good thing to do because you can't earn it, but you should never despair because it's not about earning it. Or those people who believe that they're good at doing all the right things become very prideful, become very miserable, and that is not how God calls us to be. God calls us to realize that we're receiving love that we have not deserved, and therefore, as we receive it, we have a depth of peace because we know we can't lose it, and we have a, a deep confidence that we are embraced, we are accepted by God. Pride can make you religious. You can say, well, I'm, I do all the right things. Religion can make you prideful. Duty can make you decent. Guilt can make you moral. 
but only love can make you holy. Only acknowledging that God's love has redeemed you, has brought atonement. You are now one with God. There is nothing that separates you anymore from God. Only that truth makes you holy in God's eyes. But then, as you receive it more and more, as you receive and acknowledge and accept God's love for you more and more, you are changed more and more into the likeness of Jesus Christ. And it's beautiful here in verse 18, there is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. We don't need to fear losing the love of God because, as I say, the love of God comes from God's heart and it's not about you. It is for you, but it is not about how well you do. Fear is about maybe not doing it right. Did I mess up too much? Does this sin, is this the last straw? No fear. Perfect love drives out fear because you are perfectly loved. You will not lose that love. This is how we can be confident as we face the judgment. As we face, it says, this is how love is made complete among us, verse 17, so that we have confidence on the day of judgment. In this world, we are like Jesus. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. In other words, because of the accomplished work of Jesus Christ and his perfect love for you, as you receive it, there is no more fear of the wrath of God. No more fear, ultimately, of death because death cannot separate you from God, but actually deepens your sense of God's presence. Now, I have heard this word used of late in a way that is not appropriate. When people say perfect love casts out fear, so... Please ignore COVID. Do not wear your mask. Don't let it change how you live your life because if you believe in Jesus, you're fine. If you believe in Jesus, there is no room for fear. And I got to say, that's not the fear that this is talking about. And to make those statements is not only scientifically folly, but theological folly. Proverbs and elsewhere in Scripture... Remember when we did our Proverbs series, we learned that Proverbs uh, wisdom is competency with regard to the realities of life. Now, there is a real virus out there. And to be competent around that virus is to be careful, is not to be foolish, is to wear the mask and socially distant and do all the things that science tells us will protect us and protect others. In Luke chapter 4, verses 9 to 12, we find Jesus' response to a similar uh, encouragement to disregard the natural outcomes of our actions. 
The devil led Jesus to Jerusalem and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the son of God, he said, throw yourself down from here, for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you to guard you carefully. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. And Jesus said, it is said, do not put the Lord your God to the test. We do not act foolishly and expect God to protect us. We act wisely because that is the counsel of Scripture, and that is how we reflect the wisdom of God. Now, while I'm on that subject, there's another thing that I hear Christians say and Christians refer to, and that is freedom. I think I've addressed this once before, but I want to read a verse from uh, the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians 10, 23, actually two verses, 23 and 24. When people speak of freedom and, that, and define that freedom as the right to do whatever they want, this is the answer Paul gives. I have the right to do anything, you say, but not everything is beneficial. I have the right to do anything, but not everything is constructive. No one should seek their own good, but the good of others. And this is an expression of God's love within us, this love that flows into us and overflows that we care about other people. We care about other people enough to protect them, to care about them, not to put our own agendas and our own sense of our rights first, but as um, Paul says in Philippians chapter 2, just as Jesus gave up his position of power and authority in heaven in order to express God's love for us. We also should be humble and put the needs of others before ourselves. And that is the last thing I want to talk about here is because God, uh, God loves us so much, we should confidently share God's love with others. Notice in verse 11, it says, dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. As you allow God's spirit to remind you of how much God loves you and how much in Christ you are accepted by God, it should motivate you to express, to allow that to overflow from you and to express that love to other people. And then hear these words from Ephesians chapter 1. This, again, the same theme of God's uh, atoning work for you and then your response to it. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. In him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us with all wisdom and understanding. He made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure which he purposed in Christ to be put into effect when the times reached their fulfillment, to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. Listen to that again. 
he made known to us the mystery of his will, which is to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. To be filled with God's love is to receive the heart of God. And as we receive the heart of God, we are to reflect the heart of God to the world around us. God's goal is unity. God's goal is to bring people together. Christians are called to share God's heart for unity, share God's heart to love those who we may not think deserve God's love, but thank God he loves those who don't deserve his love. Otherwise, I would not be preaching to you right now because I do not deserve God's love and neither do you but it is a gift of God's glorious grace. My hope and prayer is that the love of God so fills us that we are like champagne in a shaken bottle that just has to pour out and flood the world with love that overflows from the loving heart of God.